the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails Podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? We are back for episode four, season two of the Paper Trails Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited uh, to have another guest here. Uh, excited to have Jay and Keita Davis. Um, I'm we just met, but I'm super thrilled <laughs> to uh, to chat and 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 understand their background and their restaurant. They've got a lot of things in the works. Um, I'm excited to have these entrepreneurs here in the Charlotte scene in the food industry. Um, and uh, just even what brought them down, you know, hearing a little bit of their background is, is so much fun. But um, it just goes to show you that literally anybody, any background, you know, with the desire and the work ethic and, and, and organization and proper skills, connections, um, can make whatever business they want happen, right? And so, uh, you know, for you guys maybe plugging in for the first time that may have not seen our podcast, we are a podcast all about uh, entrepreneurship, business ownership, um, the grind, the work ethic, and uh, really bringing value to people that want to to move forward and, and have a little more control uh, of maybe where they're going, and um, and then obviously the food industry, and obviously that that's kind of what we're here to talk about, and so uh, super excited to have these guys on, and so um, maybe let's for the pe- people that may have you know don't know you guys yet, <laughs> uh, maybe let's take a, a couple of steps back and say. Okay. How did you guys end up here? You know, your restaurant is Lulu's. Lulu's, yes. Lulu's Maryland Style Chicken and Seafood. Maryland Style Chicken and Seafood, and it's and it's here in Charlotte. Yes. Yeah. Twenty four hundred uh, Tuckasegee. There you go. Okay, so it's it's uh, we're actually just just down the road here. Um, you know, at uh, another location that, that they're working on, and you know, it's and it's open now or soft opening. Well, it's or? soft opening now. Uh, we're working on the uh, the grand opening, which will probably be in the next couple of weeks or so. Awesome. So we're we're pretty much finishing up putting the piece together for that. That's so. awesome. So. You know, let's let's give the viewers a little background, a little context. How how did you guys go from uh, from Maryland, from Maryland? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Both of you guys. Yes. How do we go from Maryland, mm-hmm. transplant to Charlotte, and now we've got businesses in the works. <laughs> yes. We're making moves. You guys opened the business and actually had a one-year anniversary during the pandemic last yes. year. Was you know, I guess coming from a family of business owners and restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting year for the food business. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I my cousin and I obviously have the distribution company. We've got five or six hundred customers, and yeah. we've had 20, 25 customers close this past year. And it was super unfortunate. You know, um, seeing my friends, you know that that have become my friends. Yeah. You know, struggle. It's 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 yeah. one of those things that you don't want to see, but um, but you guys weathered it, right? Yeah. You weathered yeah. it. You made it through. Uh, it sounds like you guys are definitely have a grasp of what's happening. Yes. Um, and so, how, how did you get here? How did you go from Maryland <laughs> to Charlotte? Oh, man. And then, how did you even think about restaurants? Like, how did that? Is that something that was always brewing in the back of your mind? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, give us yeah. give us some context. It, it was it was already already uh, in the works. So, uh, I'm from Baltimore originally. Um, I had done some traveling around over the years. I was in the military for a while. Okay. Thanks for serving. Thank you. Once I got out of the military, I worked for Department of Defense for a little bit. That was actually my last official job. Okay. Um, I did that for a little under a year. Um, And (laughs) so I I left DOD a little irritated. Um, It was my first time really having a a desk job. Okay. And I hated it. And so I left What did you hate about it? I was an IT guy, and but again, I was former military. Uh, in the army, I taught combatives, um, 
uh, start out as infantry and uh, switch to IT. Okay. And uh, never got a chance to do the IT job at all. So most of my background was tactical. Okay. And so once I got out, I tried to do IT, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little rough around the edges. So uh, <laughs> working for DOD, everybody is so politics. Like it's, you know, it's rank structure. I outrank you. This is who I am. And I had a run in with, uh, with the Colonel and uh, I didn't care much about his rank because I was a civilian, uh -huh. and uh, I wanted him to step outside. He didn't want. <laughs> he didn't want to. So, needless to say, that led to me leaving the job, and uh, so I lived off of my savings for a few months. And when that started to run out, essentially, um, uh, I had to figure out what I was going to do. Sure. And so, I remembered a few years earlier. Uh -huh. um, I met this guy through one of my uncles. My uncle was a bondsman. Okay. And I met this guy on a visit to Baltimore. I was at Tom Station in Georgia. Okay. And, you know, he was like, hey, man, if you ever think about getting into bounty hunting, you know, you'd be great for the job. And he goes, you know, if you get off the military, you call me. And so when I was trying to figure out what my next move was going to be, I went through my phone. I found that guy's number. Uh -huh. And I called him. He remembered who I was immediately. And mind you, it's been a couple of years later. And uh, he told me to come to his office the next day. Now, when he first suggested it to you, did you kind of just blow it up? Like, yeah, just like, I okay. was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Because <laughs> to me, it was like being a police officer. I'm like, I'm not going to be a cop. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so uh, when he tells me to come out to the office, he explains to me like, hey, listen, this is how the business works. And, you know, you'd be working for yourself. And this is how you make your money. Uh -huh. And so he gave me a few cases. I'm looking at him and I'm and I can't believe the hype. So I'm like... You know, so he said, if I arrest this guy, I get this amount of money. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so I've arrest this guy, yeah. I get this amount You're of money. You're sure, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, so if I arrest this, he was like, yes, man, that's what you get. And I said, okay, when is payday? He's like, no, you get it right away. And I said, nah, I don't believe that. So I sat down, I started looking at the cases, and within like 30 minutes, I figure out one of the cases, it was like a $25,000 case or, or 35000 I can't remember exactly which. And so I'm looking at the case and I'm going to go, so if I catch this guy yeah. today, yeah. I get $2,500. And he goes, yeah. I said, okay. So I leave out. Done. <laughs> and, and here's the crazy part. So I, I go to the area where I think the guys, because they just posted like on Facebook and, you know, uh, pretty much gave up their location. So I go to the gas station. I said, I'm going to gas up. Then I'm going to go near the house. Well, I walked in the gas station and the guy is in the gas station. No. So... <laughs> So he's in the gas station, uh -huh. and the weird part is the picture that he gave me just gave it was like a dark picture, so you couldn't really see his face. But this guy had a weird shaped head, <laughs> and so I'm in the aisle. I already put my gas. I'm in the aisle I'm looking for a couple snacks. Whatever. I look up, and I look at this guy. And I'm like, "There's no way two people have this head." Well, he sees me, and immediately he takes off running, right? And I'm like, well, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything, but he takes off running to his car, and I'm like. Okay, so I take off behind him. He jump in the car. We get into a high-speed chase. This is my first day. We get into a high-speed chase. Oh, my I chased this guy from Elkton, Maryland, okay. into Delaware. Uh -huh. How far is that? Okay. Elkton is like minutes from Delaware. Okay. It's, it's like 10, 10 minutes okay. max. I chased him out of Elkton, into Delaware, through Delaware, down 95, back into Elkton, pretty much on the phone with the state's troop. I'm trying to get them to help me. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm in a high-speed chase. This guy has warrants, and they're like, you're the bondsman, right? You're on your own. I'm like, this guy's at 100 miles per hour. I mean, I was in a fast car, so he wasn't getting away. But I'm like, okay, so mind you, I caught him when when, when 
he was in the store, he was paying for his gas. So he never got his gas. I'm full. So he's coming back into Elkton, but he's trying to make it back to the house where he was, where I was originally going. Gotcha, gotcha. And so on the way there, he runs out of gas. <laughs> As he runs out of gas, he's trying to get off the road to like, you know, try to jump out and run. And I made it out the car before him and uh, broke the window, drug him out the window and arrested him. And uh, so I put him in the car. I take him back to the office and I go, hey, this is this guy. And he goes, all right, well, here's your check. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, just that, this is what I'm going to do. There's no, no question. Kidding. So that's how I got into the business. Okay. Um, so anyway, fast forward a few years. I'm doing the job. At this point, I'm known as the best in the business, like, or one of the best in the business. Okay. Um, because I'm, I'm like doing lockers. Now, mostly I'm by myself. Everybody else, for the most part, are in teams. Um, there's only two other guys that I knew at that time that were by themselves. Okay. And for the most part, I surpassed everybody else and then got put on the level with these guys. Right? Okay. Okay. And these guys are the best. You're good as them. And so um, that worked out pretty well. The guy who initially got me into the business, he didn't have enough cases anymore because I was arresting everybody. So he goes, hey, you might want to go talk to these guys. I can get them to give you some work. And, you know, so those guys had a huge company at the time. I start working for them. And then I start doing a good job in Maryland. And so now I'm getting people pretty much across the country calling me saying, hey, you know, you're the guy. So, Help us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what happened. I got a case. And if you know anything about the business, you know how hard this is. I caught a Chinese female in Chinatown, New York, uh, like in a matter of days. And, and she had plastic surgery. And I was the only person that can catch this. this no kidding. And so I caught her and then from then, people were calling me and they were like, hey, are, are you the guy that caught the Chinese girl in Chinatown? You were known as that? Yes, I was <laughs> the guy that caught the Chinese girl in Chinatown. Because you know, in Chinatown, they don't speak English. Yeah. And they do, but they when you come, they don't speak any English. Yeah. They don't know anything. Like, there's just no help they can give you. Yeah. And like, literally the day the case was due, she was like a $150,000 case. I caught her like at the 11th hour, turned her in. So everybody was like, okay, this is the guy we want. Yeah, you're the guy. And so, that's how I ended up coming to North Carolina work cases because when they had hard cases, you I want the guy. Okay, okay. Oh, by the way, the Chinatown girl, she was wanted in North Carolina. Okay. So when I caught her, she had to come to North Carolina. Yeah. So that's how I start doing cases here. Okay. So in that process, I meet her father. Okay. Her father and I become pretty close in the business. Because her, fa her father's in the business as well? Yeah, her yes. father's in the business. Okay. But he's a bondsman. He's not a hunter. Okay. He's a bondsman. And so, same so we thing. Write the bond. When they go bad, we call him to pick up to, the guy. To pick him up. Gotcha. And gotcha. what ends up happening is one day, I'm in Charlotte, and this is how I met her dad. I'm in Charlotte, and uh, I got an idea that this guy that I'm looking for is in this house. And uh, the house is huge. And I said, well, I can't go in this house by myself. It's me and two other guys. I said, I can't go in this house by myself, but if we can get some help to surround the house, I'll get in there, I'll get the guy. And so I called the guy who gave me the case, and he says, well, I got some guys there. And he called her father and her uncles. <laughs> and uh, it was in instant chemistry because these guys were, they were from Maryland, D.C. area. Yeah. And they were just as rugged as I was. So when they got there, and like, they You're had- like family? <laughs> like, yeah. listen, it, was, it was immediate chemistry. I'm like, these guys are raw. Like, I like raw energy. And so we ended up uh, working the case. The guy, it, it was weird. The guy was in the house, but where he hid, we didn't find him. Yeah. So we ended up catching him like three days later and uh, ended up in a couple of fights. Spot. Well, what he did was he hid in the attic, uh -huh. but the way he hid, 
like when we went in the attic, we didn't see it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so and he he admitted once we caught him. He said, "Yeah, the first day y'all had me, I was in the attic." Uh, <laughs> but um, so fast forward, I meet her dad. I'm coming back and forth from doing more cases for her dad and for other people. And then this particular year, 2016, actually on my dad's birthday, um, I call. I say, "Hey, I got this guy I'm looking for. He's like a seventy-five thousand dollar case, and he's a club promoter here." And I'm coming in town to grab this guy because I know he has this party tonight. This is where it's going to be. This is what time he's going to be there. Um, and so um, I come in town. But on the way, I'm telling them, like, hey, I'm not going to get here till late. So I'm like, can y'all please send somebody there to get eyes on this guy? Yeah. And I didn't expect them to send her. What happened? I was expecting the uncle. <laughs> and so, <laughs> did, did you know that Kita like existed? Like, no, no. Didn't so know she existed. Know. All you know is dad and uncle. No, he had heard That's maybe about. I knew. Yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, years. over the years, I knew, he knew that he had, had an children, older daughter, yeah. daughter, right? But I didn't know she was in town. I didn't know anything. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And so, he knows. So good. When looking. I get there, <laughs> <laughs> so when I get there, um, I talk to the cops. Then now I'm talking to the uncle. The uncle like, hey, I think I see this guy. This is what he's wearing. Da da da. And I said, okay. I said, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna notify Charlotte Mecklenburg, let yeah. her know what I'm, who I am, and what I'm getting ready to do. Yeah. And so I go and I talk to the cop, and he goes, well, let me run his information. He runs information. He says, oh no, we arrested that guy earlier today. Yeah. And I said, well, I, I'm already here, so I call them and I go, hey, that's not the guy that you're looking at, but you guys can come on out because he was arrested earlier today. Okay. And so the uncle comes out, and he's with her. Yeah. And so I'm automatically thinking, this has got to be his lady. Like this is this is his woman. Yeah. And so we're talking, and uh, she's you know she's there. She got a nice dress on. You know she's 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 pretty nice. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm talking to the uncle. And I'm like, yeah. So this is what's happening, whatever. So I'm going back and forth. And I'm like, so after we finish talking, I said, so uh, so who, who, who's this? Yeah. I said that's your lady. He said, nah, man, that's broad daughter. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, here's the weird part. At the time, I was dating someone. Yeah. Okay. And so I was when I came down. It was me and another guy, and uh, buddy of mine, Dev. Me and Dev came down, and Dev at the time was single, but I was I was seeing somebody. And the entire night, and he so kept trying I to kept trying Dev. to tell Dev, like, man, you gotta get this girl, like, you know. And so she wasn't going for it. I don't think Dev really tried his hand. Either way, she wasn't going for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stayed for a couple of days. Got another case in South Carolina in Greenville. Okay. And so I asked her to help me out on the case. And so I stayed for a couple of days. Well, while I was here, um, we were actually sitting and talking, going over the case. Yeah. And the young lady, lady I was dating at the time, she calls me. She goes, hey, you don't have any time for me. You're always on the road. You've you know, got so many cases going on. You're always busy. Look, I need to move on with my life. You know, I hope things work out for you, but this isn't going to work. And literally, what, what, I'm, I'm, While you're together. Yeah. While we're together. And I literally hang up the phone. I go, well, looks like I'm single now. Uh, <laughs> So, and the rest is history. And the rest, yeah. the rest is history. I'm like, so we start, you know, conversing a little more over the next few days. And and so when I got ready to leave, actually, the guy that I was hunting in Greenville, she helped me set him up. Uh-huh. And uh, like literally she was on the phone with him when I arrested him. And so she was all excited. <laughs> and we come back in town. And um, so we talk a, a little more. And so we exchanged numbers and everything. And well, well, we already had numbers, but and so for a few months we dated. You know, back before she would come in town to see me, I would come in town to see her. And then um, my grandmother died, actually on my stepmom's birthday, January third, two thousand seventeen. And so um, she died in Maryland, but my family's from South Carolina. Okay. And that's where my grandfather's buried, my dad is buried. Okay. And so we 
brought my grandmother to South Carolina for the funeral. Yeah. And uh, I literally, matter of fact, I actually woke up that morning in Charlotte yeah. for the funeral. Mm -hmm. I drove up to Maryland to pick up my son for the funeral, mm -hmm. drove down South Carolina, same day, to South Carolina for the funeral, stayed all day for the funeral, drove into Charlotte to see her on my way home, and just never left. <laughs> so, welcome yeah. to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's. that's so how how about. now, now now you guys were in the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you know the the bail bail bonds. Bail bonds. Bail yeah. bonds. Okay. How did it, did you guys think about restaurants? Yes. Did you like yes. how how did the restaurant even come? Well. So. What, what, go ahead. What's that about? I would say well for both of us it's, the stories are kind of different. So mm -hmm. with me and my story, um, my dad actually moved to Charlotte somewhere around 2007, 2008. That's when I graduated high school. 2007. Okay. And so he moved down here, him and his wife, um, and they started a few businesses, one of them being Bell Bond. And for years, they kept trying to get me to come down to Charlotte. You know, it's up and coming, it's growing. Yeah. Anyone from up north, anyone with a little bit of hustle, it's the land of opportunity. Right. If there's anything you want to do, anything you can dream of or imagine, come here, we can make it happen. Yeah. If there's anywhere you can make dreams come true, Charlotte is the place. Okay. But I'm young, I'm 20, 21. I just yeah. want to have fun, I want to travel. Not really taking work too seriously, but I was in sales, had the same job for nine years. Okay. Um, so it was easy enough for me to get up and go do what I wanted to do. I was young. Around 25, 26, I'm like, okay, at some point, maybe I'll settle down. At some point, maybe I'll slow down. I said Charlotte might be the next best thing. And at this point, Bell Bond is booming. I mean, every other day, there's a case that my dad is calling me about saying, hey, I need more people. I need more staff. We need to be open 24 hours with your management skills. If you can come down here, I know you're great at organizing, putting pieces together. You know, I could even help my stepmom because she was helping my dad with the business. Sure. As far as finding people, sure. he said, any of that is yours. Well, what do you want to do? Yeah. And so right at about 26, um, I left my job for almost nine years in April. I took the entire month off and I said, I'll be here May 1st. I'm someone
get up and go. I'm gonna do what I wanna do today and I have to feel right. And one of the things that I loved about it that I felt like a lot of people feel is when you do that, you're selfish. But you have to take care of yourself and you have to feed your needs first. Yeah. You can't do anything for anyone else when you're not happy, when you're not fulfilled. Or as I like to say, you're no good to nobody else if you're no good, good to yourself. Good for yourself, yeah. And that's something I actually had to teach So, So I was, even though as meticulous as I am and as fun as he sounds, I'm actually more of the free spirit. I'm actually more of the, I don't care. I don't, you know, if it feels good. Yeah, he's more of that, that now, but <laughs> as much as I want to have a plan, again, I am a very extreme person. Either I'm having all the fun or no fun and it's time to grind. Yeah. Like, you tell me where we are or I'll figure it out, but that's where we I were. I love that. I mean, <laughs> and, and the reason I even asked the question, like, not to pry, but, you know, people are listening and they're like, well, you know what, Nick, your family had businesses. Yeah. You know, you had a little taste of it in the business. Yeah. You saw well, your family. Well, you, you know what? In today's world, how connected we are, yes. you can find somebody in the community, online, yeah. YouTube, and have them be your example. Right. Does yes. that make sense? Like, yeah. So even if you don't see it in in you know in the house, so to speak, yeah. um, you can still figure out yeah. how to how to navigate and yeah. find your niche. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had no idea you wanted to to, to, to be a, a <laughs> no. Uh, no idea. You know, I was great at it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a two-part deal. Seeing my dad in that drive that he had, but then finding someone who had very similar dreams. Because as much as my dad was an entrepreneur, I am not a creative. I do not create content. I execute it. You right. give me what you want to do or let me know what your vision is and I can tell you exactly what needs to be done. Dynamic works. And so that's when I met him. All of the for a lot of people it's overwhelming. But what happened is every day he'd give me something new and I was like, Okay, it'd be the end of the week. You gave me twenty ideas. What are your top five? What are your top five? <laughs> what do you want to do the most? What makes more sense? And that's I'm a, and I'm gonna give you mine. Yeah. So not saying that it's a no, it's a not right now. It's not yeah. right now. Let's yeah. figure out what is practical. Be it based on time, we have children, and not even the easiest. What is, again, the most efficient? Sure. What's yeah. going to make us the, not necessarily the most amount of money, but I look at long term. Yeah. Are we doing this to make million dollar businesses and generations for our children? Sure. Or are we doing this just for today? Because sure. we want to have fun. I'm okay with both. Sure. But let me know. Yeah. Let me know yeah. if I'm going in here to be a bartender just so that we can say we own the, own the bar. And then next week, let's get on something serious. I can fulfill both, but I need to know what the, the end game is. It's a good, uh, it's a really good transition to another point about proper communication. Yes. You know, I mean, whether it's between significant others or spouses, whether it's yeah. between business partners, whether it's between employers and employees, it's yes. like, let us know. Yeah. What's well, the goal? Yeah. Where are we headed? What are and we doing? She, yeah. What's the vision? And she, even she's I'm always that been that person. I'm even though. that person in the restaurant. So one of the things about our dynamic, and I know people probably notice it, but don't understand as much as why. I always say he's the face. We both own it. it we're yeah. equal partners. But I know people, one, he has a more distinct look, I always say. I'm always changing my hair or something. But when we go on the restaurant <laughs> when we go into the restaurant, him and I have very two distinct roles. I'm in the back of the kitchen, back of the house with my staff. He's in the front making sure the customers are okay. But I read energy, I read like there's a lot that goes more into just what I can see. Sure. And so I need to figure out what do I need to do for you to make sure that you're okay for me in this Good. business. Whether you need some time off because you being here and being a detriment to my business isn't going to do me any good. Right. So I need to know what do I need to move around? Do I need to come in here a little bit more and oversee what's happening? You know, when the kids are, when the, what did I say? When the parents are away, the kids, the kids will play. play yeah. The restaurant can be the exact same way if you don't have someone in there every day overseeing. Yeah. Um, of course, the goal is for us to remove ourselves and to be absent you know, owners when it comes to our businesses. But I think our footprint and how we feel and the passion we have. Sure. 
Um, it's always funny because my family, even though my dad is an entrepreneur, I work for him and I said, hey dad, um, June 1st, yeah. um, I'm stepping <laughs> away. Um, I got my real estate license 2019 in March. June, I said, I'm turning 30. I'm taking a whole month off. This was my party mode. I'm going to go to Greece. I'm going to go to Greece. Did you? I went to went Greece. To Greece yeah. I went, Did you like um, it? Yes. He sent me to Greece for an entire for week birthday, for yeah. my 30th birthday. Um, and once I got back, it's actually when him and I had the discussion about even getting married. Because even though we had been together, what, about three years at that yeah. point, we really hadn't talked about marriage or, you know, furthering our relationship, just enjoying, you know, what right. we had at the time. And so when I got back, I essentially took the summer off. But having that free space allowed for me to get my credit which was already okay but mm -hmm. amazing uh spotless and at that time i was doing really well in bail bonds myself yes. at that time um because before she went to greece uh, well the year prior i had started my own bail bond office okay so i went from just bounty hunting mm -hmm. to actually bail bonding yeah and so the first year i had one office and then ending that first year i got into a partnership and I went from one office to five. Wow. And so like literally I was booming at that point. So when she took June off, um, everybody thought she was coming to work for me. And it was like, no, she's yeah. she's looking to do her own thing. Yeah. And so when she, <laughs> she took off in June, you know, she just... Uh, I, I pretty much... Well, well, let me say this. North Carolina is one of the hardest real estate markets to tap into. That is one. And then not being from here, and I will admit, I'm not the most social person. He never meets a stranger, and I'm just like, yeah, hi. What yeah. can I do for you? Like, <laughs> I put myself to work or to service when I meet people. Um, he can sit and have conversations she, she all day. She reads energy, I create it. Yes, that is very that's true. That's the best way to put it. That is the best way to put it. And so, even in those moments... Most people think that you build a business when you're at your lowest and you have no other options. It was the complete opposite for us. Him and I, break. at that time, we were on cloud nine. We were the happiest we had been, the most content we had been in Charlotte. Yeah. Money was good, life was good, our children, oh, yeah. everything was good, but we still wanted more. There was mm -hmm. still something to fulfill. And one of the things that I told him is with Lulu's and the backstory to that, and I'm sure he'll get into his side of the yeah. restaurant business. Um, he wanted to do something for his mother. So Lulu is his Lulu mother. was my mother, my yes. biological mother. Um, and so he had plans, but what ended up happening is at one point of us dating very early on, I didn't work for maybe three months. And during that time, I started cooking. When he was on the road, I knew he would be gone for 42 or 72 hours, or 48 or 72 hours. Yeah, and I was planning. And I he would say, planning. hey, I'm going to I'm leaving this day, this time. Yep. I'll be back in 72 hours. When he moved here in January and we knew that he was staying for good by his birthday, which is in February, I had set up a home office of everything he needed mm -hmm. to get his bell bonding work done. From a computer to the printer to the, the files, every, every, yeah. labels, pens, book bag, anything he would need to travel with. And he loves to cook. He comes from a family of men who cook. Mm -hmm. So at this point, he always cooked for me. And I, I would just eat. I love to eat. I'm yeah. a foodie. <laughs> so one day he goes to work. And when he comes back, the entire house is clean. I don't think he's ever seen a house that clean since. Because um, that's not my specialty. But the house was spotless. There were at least three of his favorite meals. And I would pack them into And he was like, oh, like. And they were, I, they were great. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, you, like, you can cook. cook. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And so to that point, my dad, no, like I lived with my mom and my stepdad for a little bit in Maryland. I lived here with my dad and my stepmother for a little bit when I was transitioning. My goal was in six months to Nobody purchase me a house. No one knew I could cook. Everyone was just like, where did this come from? Like, are you, are you tricking Secret this man? Secret skill sets over yeah. here. <laughs> well, she had some others that they didn't know about really? that I, I had found out about. And 
Oh no, they're off limits. But hey, I had you know I put out everything, and he was just like, "This is amazing." And then we started talking about food concepts. We would go to Baltimore just for the food. That was one of the hardest yeah. things, even being here. Um, there's generic place, or you know, that are good. Don't get me wrong. However, just that difference in the seasoning and the flavor, yeah. like it makes a difference. And we would drive to Baltimore for family functions or just to visit, and we would map out where, where we would go eat to the eat the entire time. The entire time and I would take we her to all of my favorites. Like, yes. like we, I'd be like, oh, I got to take this yes. place this time. We got to go to this, and this, And like, we need this in Charlotte and, and that in Charlotte. And what I would do is every time we come back, I'd try something different. All I would have to do is taste it once. If there's 10 ingredients, I can tell you and she come, She can come home and cook it. Like, mm -hmm. like just on a whim. I'm like, I bet you can't. So I would think of stuff mm -hmm. like, okay. You know, because I'm, I'm big with like sauces yes. and barbecue and yeah. different different stuff like that. That's what I'm good with. Sure. She's good with just tasting something and saying, okay, we can do this. Yeah, and I'm good for the soul food aspect. So yeah. like the collard greens, the mac and cheese, the cabbage. Those are my pieces that I enjoy doing. Because they're as much soul and food and seasoning that goes into it. It doesn't really take a lot off of me. Yeah. Once you season it and you put it in the oven or you season it and you put it on the stove, you let it go and you let it rip. It does yeah. the rest itself. So I'm really big with those pieces. Nice. And so we kind of came together. Yeah. Now, now question before we dive more into the restaurant. Okay. Uh, your business from one office to five. Mm -hmm. What did you learn there? Like, what did you learn? Because, you know, say, say somebody's got a landscape company. He's got one crew and he wants to build 10 crews. Or somebody has a roofing company. He wants to. He's by himself with the, with his brother and his dad. And Easy. He, what 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 piece of advice did you learn going from one to five? Or maybe what was difficult about it? Or you know, give us you know, some some back some context. partnership. That, that's one thing. Listen, she she told me early on in our relationship. She said you do everything yourself. You'd be a lot more efficient if you learn to utilize partners. She didn't give me those exact words. That's yeah. basically what she. And sure. she she had told me that for a while. Like. Everything that you say you want to do, you think you're going to do it by yourself. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so, literally, I partnered with somebody yeah. and blew. And so, what I find now, even in business, well, well, not even in business, but mostly in business, the connections you make make the difference. 100%. Like, that was literally a conversation of, hey, man, listen, I see you have this going on. This is what I bring to the table. You're losing money here. I'll pick that money up and bring it back to you and this is how we'll collect Partner. we'll make this thing work because right now you're losing and this is where you're losing yeah. and I see your operation and then you can even make a decision do you want more money or are you content where you are yeah and, and again that's a conversation but like if you like the roofer you know the roofer the construction guy well, the landscape yeah, yeah. guy you say like uh, uh, we're talking to our attorney like um, the, the, the city or the government has contracts they give it all the time right your company may have the manpower, but they may not have the name recognition. He has the name recognition, but he don't have the manpower. Put those two together. Collaborate. And then you say, hey, you get the contract. I'll use my manpower to get this thing going, and we'll give you a kickback on money you would not otherwise have unless we're in the picture. That's good. And then when you do that, it's, hey, we're both eating off the same plate, yeah. probably not at the same level, but we can make this thing work. I think a lot of things, one, one thing that I noticed that a lot of people miss in trying to build is the connection piece. You gotta have those connections, man. Like uh, when we first um, signed on with the attorney we have, what he used to always tell us is, my job is to get you in the room. These people have the connections you need. Yeah. All I need to do is get you in the room. And once we're in the room, we make the connections and we fly from there, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why, again, that dynamic, that, that dynamic that we have, 
it works. Yeah. And then when the energy comes down and it's now it's time to tur- talk turkey, she already has her game plan in, there, place, yeah. in place. So it's like, okay, you know, now we know what we're doing. I've given you the pieces. How do we get there? Okay, babe, how do we get there? Yeah. And then she can lay it out. All right, we start with this, this, and this. This is where we go, and this is how we do this, and bop, bop, bop. And, and once it's all done, we have every piece outlined, and we can move on from here. And if, if the business relationship works, it works. If it doesn't, we have a whole lot of other connections we could tap into yeah. to move forward. Yeah. But progression is about connections. Right? Here's, here's two things that I got from that. Uh, first, uh, networking is everything. Everything. Yes. I mean, I, 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 luckily back when I was in college, Jay, I bumped into some pretty successful business owners mm-hmm. that taught me that. They're yeah. like, they're like, they're like, college may or may not teach you this, but you need to learn. You need to pass out your card. You need to make friends with everybody. Yeah. He's like, you know, nothing may happen with the relationship. They be, they may be your next best friend. Mm-hmm. You may do business with them. Right. You like, you don't know where where it may go. So meet people, shake hands, do that whole thing. Okay. So that's one. Second, find a partner, whether it's build a business, and, and build a team. That's the opposite of you. Yes. And and that's the piece. That's right? the piece. That, like, so yeah. listen, when we started Lulu's, there was three of us. It was myself, my wife, and my sister. That's her. I don't know if you got a <laughs> But but literally, I had the vision, right? Yeah. Um, Kita was more so the execution. Yeah. Right. And my sister was execution, but more active execution. Yeah. What I mean by that, she had already been working in the business. We don't come from a kitchen background. My sister does, right? But also in the process of of us getting open, because I've been trying to get my sister to come here for years. Yeah. Um, once she finally did come, she had got a few jobs. I was already in the market looking around for restaurants and things like that. Couldn't figure out which one we were going to go with, but yeah. still trying to put the plan together. And with her being in the business, she was able to say, hey, this, no offense, this food here sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is why. Yeah. And hey, you do so much better with this, and we do so much better with this. Yeah. And those three pieces together is what brought Lulu's to where it was. But you have to build a team. If you don't have a team, I mean, all the pieces that you'll be missing is what'll what'll take you to the ground. Yep. It'll 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 stunt your growth, you'll plateau, you'll go backwards, whatever the case may it'll be. You. Um so that's that's very I mean listen, if anybody if whoever's listening to this and you wanna go to the next level, depending on what you want, right? Like right. like that's number one. What do you want? But if you wanna grow, if you wanna to continue to scale, um, you know, I mean I, I, I'm looking at, you know, my cousin and I when we started our company, we brought on about five years ago one of our secretaries, Sally, who is probably 25 years my senior, mm-hmm. um, but her family owned a huge lumber company and she did all the payroll, books, details. She knew everybody. You know what? I'm not a detail guy. Right. I'm I'm the, I'm the talkative guy. I'm the extrovert. Hey, <laughs> put me in a room, I'll get everybody's number. Right. right? Like, But I needed somebody in the office handling the details yeah. because if that wasn't there, we couldn't grow. Mm-hmm. It, 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 and so when you put the right people in place, um, reps, employees, cooks, uh, lawyers, CPA, right. start putting the pieces, then it's like, okay, cool. Like now, yeah. now it gets a lot easier to one, two, five locations, seven, whatever you want. Yeah. So. And, and, and you get to utilize those people for their expertise. That's good. Right? Yep. Because you can be the jack of all trades. Yep. You're not going to master them all. That's not going to be your thing. So if you have people that you can say, like for me, I'm, I'm good with, hey, this is your asset. Yeah. Like even people come to the restaurant and they're in training, I'll tell them ahead of time, hey, you're going to be doing this, 
this is your expert in this, this is your expert in this, this is your expert in that. Yeah. So if you have any questions, these are your go-to people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if you can't reach out to those people, what's going to happen is you're not going to learn enough and you're going to fail. Yeah. Because the people who know the pieces you need, you're not going to get them because you're not willing to connect. Here's something that, that may hold people back is having the ego thinking that they got to be everything for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, that used to be me. ego can be a big hindrance mm-hmm. to personal life, to relationships, yes. to business, yeah. right? I mean, it's so, yeah, I, I really think there's a lot there. There's, yeah, I mean, from, from some substance from what we just covered. What was that shirt you said? Confidence over humility, humility. Confidence over humility, humility over confidence. Yeah. So, honestly, and, and so, I make my own shirts, um, a lot of, would you see me wear with the quotes on those? That's my own brand. Okay. And so, uh, we would get, I was having, I was making two shirts. Mine was going to say confidence over humility. Hers is humility over confidence, right? So, and what it speaks to is when I walk into a room, what do people see first? Usually when I walk into a room, people see how confident I am as I enter the room, sure. right? Not saying I'm not humble, sure. right? But it's what they notice first. With her, she's more humble walking into a room. So they see her humility before they see her confidence, right? But, but when we start speaking, when you get to engage us, you'll understand why. And it now makes sense. But then it, both of those things make a difference because something as simple as reviews. And granted, I, we both love this business. I, mm-hmm. I can't say that he loves it more than me or I take it more seriously sure. than him. Sure. I think we have our days where we can both go at each other as if this is our child <laughs> and we're both trying to fight for it. Gotcha. Um, but one of the things that I, I'll say is that I typically take ego out of every situation. Yeah. I take it as a literal situation. If someone read a, wrote a review and they said that something was too salty or customer service was this, well, who was on staff? Who was there? What happened? Mm-hmm. Who prepped? And let's get down to the bottom of it. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's true, but one, we need to address it. Sure. Right. But the second thing is we need to figure out what's going on. Well, I know our recipes and I know they're following our recipes. That's ego. That's you saying that yeah. you know that and, and, and that's okay and I yeah. love the confidence there but let's take that out for a minute right yeah. because they didn't write a personal review about Jay Davis not being I, I take it personal yes he does I take it personal and every I time. say hey but it is our business and we want to grow and we want to be here for years to come we have to take these things into consideration once we know that we have a trustworthy team or an establishment where those things aren't slipping through the cracks yeah. then, but we're still in our infancy stages with our business right so let's just make sure that we have every base covered so those that. those two pieces that's definitely make a difference yeah they got, they got it they got it <laughs> Work. They gotta work. So let's 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 fast forward. Um, you guys just wrapped up what like, you're a year, maybe a year and a half, a year little bit half. over. Mm-hmm. Um, with Lulu's, what did you learn in the first year? I mean, obviously we had COVID in there, but like maybe maybe you know in a non-COVID era when somebody's listening to this, like what's some oh, things man. that you guys learned that you know what starting a fir- your first restaurant? What are some tips? What are you know say somebody wants to start a food truck or somebody wants to start a catering? What are some tips? we can give everybody in the audience kind of listening that they can use so that they, they maybe have a little bit of a, of, a, of, a, of an edge. First part is know your market. Know your market. That know your market. Number one. Yes. Um, we were here for a few years before even, even knowing what our menu was going to be, right? That's good. Like we wanted to, we wanted to have a restaurant, like uh, I was going to start a restaurant for my mom before she passed. Okay. Um, and I was working on that. And then of course she wanted a lounge. But even as a kid, I used to watch a TV show called New York Undercover. And I, I know you remember. But at the end of uh, New York Undercover, um, they used to go to this place called Natalie's. Uh, Torres' dad owned a little nightclub. And I used to love this spot, right? Because it was like, they had great music. You can see they were enjoying themselves. It was real laid back. 
it was like an amazing vibe, right? I'm like, I want a Natalie's when I get older, Okay. Right? But even with me having that plan, I didn't know what my menu was gonna be. Sure. But we, we essentially um, created the menu based on what the market was missing. And so what I tell people all the time is I'm a master at, uh, at like, creating my own lane, yes. right? Like, so everybody's like, are oh, you going to do crab boils? I'm like, there's a hundred of them. There's a hundred of them right here in Charlotte. Why would I do the same thing everybody else is doing? So how do I make Lulu stand out, right? We bring all the pieces that no one else has. Like, okay, we have chicken, but what makes my chicken different? The seasoning. How do you season it? You do this, 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 this. Yeah. Is anybody else doing it? No. Okay. Crab cakes. Everybody got crab cakes. Who else has a Maryland style, style crab, cake? crab cake? Show me one. Yeah. So when even when we first opened, and, and people say there's another restaurant down the street called Cuzzo's, right? Nothing against Cuzzo's. They say, oh, Cuzzo's is your competition. I say, well, show me that crab cake. Well, they don't have a crab cake. Well, they're not my competition. My competition has to be somebody that's able to do what I'm doing, and either match my level or surpass it. Yeah. And if you can't, if you can't say. Hey, I have these items that are just like yours, and I'm selling more than you're not competition. Now you may be a master in your lane, but I'm not in your lane. Yeah. So that's a that's a really good point. I'm, I just started reading a book called Blue Ocean Strategy, mm -hmm. and it, it talks about you know in the ocean there's a lot of competition. Yeah. And a lot of times that the the waters turn red because of so much competition. Right. And they're like, you know what? Find a way to go into the blue ocean right. in your industry. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly what you're saying. And, Exactly. It's exact. So, exactly. so I guess maybe the tip is, do your due diligence, guys. Right. Like, I mean, do some homework. Don't you just know your market. Hey, I have a great apple pie. Okay, cool. Like, who else sells pie? Right. How do they make it? Right. How can you scale it? Yeah. Why is it different? I mean, really put some thought into it. Some numbers. I mean, really have an idea, a strategy. Because um, a lot of people start businesses and they think it's easy. Yeah. And it's not that easy. No. And you can you can lose a lot of money if you just don't take it serious. It, listen, if you don't do your research, then essentially you're shooting in the dark, yeah. right? You ever see somebody play basketball in a, in, a, in a stadium with no lights on? Like, no light, they can't see anything. They yeah. just shoot. Yeah. That's what you're doing. <laughs> like, you're gonna shoot a million shots before you actually land one <coughs> because you can't see anything. You're wasting your time. That's a good point. You know your market, you can say, okay. Like, I, matter of fact, I make it even simpler. You ever wrote a business plan? Every business plan has what? Market analysis. Yeah. You have to know what your market is. Because if I'm saying, hey, I'm jumping in this arena, what am I competing against? What's your competition? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> this is what you're saying you're going to do and you haven't even done the research? Yeah. That, 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 that to me is just not going to work. I think, so. I think that's one of maybe the, I don't want to say few things that I got from college, but it was, we did SWOT analysis, strengths, mm -hmm. weaknesses, opportunities, yeah, threats right. about a business and industry. And so like that, it's, yeah, do, do some due diligence. You got to. Right, so. so but, but the other part is, aside from market analysis, when you found your lane, you have to market it. Like you have to, like there is no such thing as spending too much money on marketing. That like. Explain, explain, keep, so, go, go, you know, unpack that a little bit. Okay, listen, people spend based on what they know is available. Yeah. Right? If I don't know you're available and you have the best product. Sure. You're wasting your time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm the only one selling packages. Yeah, but nobody know it. <laughs> so, who are you selling them to? It's true. You know, so if you don't market yourself, you don't put yourself out there. Hundred percent. Like, you're you're gonna fail. Within like, thirty people, days, we had our attorney and our PR. 
Right. Those were the first two things that we got, and at and that point we were we weren't even turning a profit. Yeah, yet. we weren't even turning a profit yet. But but at we least knew. we knew how we were to name Arthur. Yeah. And the first article, honestly, was by the right person coming in and actually trying the product. Yeah. And this guy was like, "I got to do a story on this." Like, it was one of those, you know, I can't believe I found it. I'm gonna do a story. Yeah. And it just happened to be the right guy. Nice. However, to keep that. We had to then say, okay, we got to make sure our marketing is right. The, the the first day we opened, we opened like five or six o'clock in the evening. And once we knew we had to go ahead, I was on Instagram. I put an ad out. Hey, yeah. this is what we got going on. Like, so even people that we opened at seven. We opened at seven. Okay, yes. I'm sorry. We opened at seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sisters yeah. letting us know the yeah we opened at seven. The real I'm sorry. Deal. But but around five o'clock. I put an ad out yeah. on Facebook, on Instagram. I think I was trying to figure out how to do it on Google, but that wasn't my lane, yeah. right? So I did as much marketing as I can. Once we got our PR person, hey, we need this. We need people to know who we are, where we are, you know, what yeah. we have, yeah. this type of thing. And they've been on it ever since. But if, and, and, and this is, when I was in Bail Bonds, I met this guy named Benny, Greek guy. And uh, he, was, he was like killing the game in Bail Bonds in Baltimore, right? Now he wasn't the top guy, but he might have been like, if you had top three, he might have been number two or three, okay. right? And so I'm talking to him one day, and I'm like, man, you know, you're killing the game. Like, what are you doing? He said, I spend a million dollars a year in advertising. A million dollars a year. And the crazy part is, that's serious money. Right after he said it, I said a million dollars a year. I realized I saw his name everywhere. Right before I was in the business, I saw his name. Like you, you walk through the neighborhood, you see people with his shirts on, they got his hats on, his cups, his towels, everything. He spent a million dollars a year in advertising. He made an average of thirty million dollars a year in bail bonds. That's good. Yeah, I, I remember watching a YouTube uh, sales guy one time say, "The reason why people aren't going to buy from you is mm -hmm. because of obscurity. Yeah. Like they don't know that you're there." Yeah. Right. Like, you gotta let them know that you got crab cakes yeah. and the X Y, right? I mean, right. you know, whatever industry that is, you gotta let them know. And of just so you guys know, because we still have some people, Jay, believe it or not, you know, they don't they don't believe in Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> guys, I'm I'm just saying, I was that guy. It's it's here to stay. Yeah, it, I was. It that ain't guy. going nowhere. <laughs> Listen, I for real, like Facebook. Now I was I was on Facebook. Let's do. I I got a Facebook when you had to have a college account. Me too. I, 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 was, I was in college, yeah. To, to, to get Facebook. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of got in Facebook early. When Instagram hit the market, I was like, I'm not doing Instagram. I'm not doing Twitter. I'm not doing any of those pieces. Yeah. And then I had to pay attention. Again, know your market. I had to pay attention to the market. I'm going to need this. There's no way that I'm going to do this, 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 and not have this. Communication is, is the thing right now. Yes. Like, and honestly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they provide platforms for people who otherwise would not have a voice. Now, some of these people shouldn't be talking anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, they provide that platform. Yeah. And so you can't say, hey, I'm going to kick this door open and be this whatever. And people have no idea who you are, what you stand for, yeah. that type of thing. Those pieces have to matter, which is why we're always willing to do these interviews. Yeah. Because people, people, in their mind, they create an image based on what they think they see. Right, and if you give them nothing to combat that, they can create whatever they want to in their mind. Oh, he got a pink shirt on. He's a. He's a <laughs> I get it. I get it. Makes sense. Never do nothing, but and, you know. And you use. I mean, these are free platforms. Right. Use it. I mean, a lot of times in restaurants, 
you know, it's very different than what I do for work. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a B2B customer. I know what restaurants are out there, yeah. catering companies, daycares, offices. I know. You may not know who's coming in today, right? but you got to be proactive. You can't just sit back passively and say, well, I hope somebody could. No. Yeah. What are we doing? What videos? What pictures? Website, right. reviews, follow-ups, responses. It, it, it's a way for you to be a little more proactive right. um, with making sure that you're a little bit in the driver's seat, yes. especially in restaurants. And I guess the best way I could put to, to caveat that is, I don't eat McDonald's at all. Da, 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 da. <laughs> right, you, you, you know, know that. You hear it, you know it. Yeah. That's what advertising, like it, music, like jingles look, they they, they embed itself in the brain, right? So people say, oh, Lulu. <laughs> you know, and we don't have a jingle yet. I'm gonna work I'm gonna put a jingle together. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I like that. Again, people go where they know. I like that. So, oh yeah, it's we're still learning a lot about the business though. Yeah. So, um, we're not experts yet. Um, well, listen, we're, we're, we're always gonna learn. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there's there, there's no arriving, you know. But you know, every year under your belt, it's another year of learning, another year of of growth. And so, I, I mean, that, that's how I see it. Yeah, know? of course. I, mean, I, I think one of the reasons I love even doing these is just. Learning from Learning other from business, yeah, yeah, exactly. Their story, the, the come up. Okay, cool. You know what? He had a good point there. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know yeah. what? I think we can utilize that into into. You know what I mean? So you hey, know, listen, everybody could drop a jewel, even 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 if they don't realize they're doing it. Hundred percent. Like how how to say a broken even a broken clock is right twice. Yeah, that's you know, true. you you could take an idiot that rambles long enough, and they'll give you something that you could be like, oh, I didn't. I think interesting. I didn't think. I got. You know, it's crazy. I got some of my best insights from people I thought were crazy. <laughs> That's serious. Like I've got some of my best. Like, cause they'll say something, and and everybody else will peg him. I mean, he crazy. I don't know what he's talking. I say, no, he he got something. Like yeah. he he's on to something here, you know. And 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 I'm gonna give you a prime example. I'm a I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Okay. Right. People hate Kanye West for a lot of things that he said. Yeah. But. I listen to Kanye West and be like, nah, he's right. <laughs> he, he's right and this is why. Yeah. And then once you have the conversation, people are like, oh, I never thought about it that way. It's just having perspective, man. It's yeah. perspective. Perspective, being opening to actually hearing the person. I'm not just listening, right? Yes. I mean, like, we can all, you know, or uh, listening and not just hearing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I hear what you're saying, listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so for me, it's one of those, I, I'll get to more. So what I just said. Yeah. Like. Because if I say something and you say something back to me and it seems like it's off, I'll ask, what, what did you hear me say? Because yeah. maybe I didn't say what I thought I said. There you go. Or just to make sure you got So what did I just say? Yeah. Oh, you said this. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah. No, that's, that's not what point. I mean. I mean, that's a good this. point. Yeah. Because I think hearing is what somebody interprets what yeah. you say, not maybe what you just said. Yeah. Remember that game when we were kids? And they put you in the classroom, you whisper something in somebody's ear. Yeah, By the time yeah. it gets to the end, yeah. it's, it's something, something different, right? Different. And it's, it is not that I heard you wrong, right? I heard what you said, yeah. but what I heard was interpreted differently, yeah. right? So that became something. That's why I'm like text messaging. Text messaging, you read a text message, you read a text message based on what you feel, right? 100%. So you ever read a text message, you thought somebody was being a prick, yeah. and then you called them, and they're like, oh, no, I'm just saying this. You're like, oh. Yeah, there's, yeah, I, I think texting is good for just pure information. Yeah. Relay info, that's it. If you want in-depth, call me, man. Yeah. And call me or, or, or let's talk. Yeah. And listen, most people that know me, if you send me a text and it's too long, I'm going to call you. Yeah. yeah. That's how I am. Every now and then. 
I'm not reading that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm not. Look, look obviously, you want to have a conversation. Because for me, a text message is this. I'm on the way. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Bye. Done. Read now, the information. Short, sweet. But if you text me, hey, man, you know I was thinking yesterday. Remember the time we was. Like, look, stop. I'm not reading all that. Now I got to sit on my phone and. <coughs> I'm not doing that. No. Nah, make a phone call now. Make it easy. And then I ain't got to worry about what it is you're trying to say. Get it out of the way. I like that. I yeah. like that. Well, let's let, let's do this. You know, as we're kind of wrapping up, let's mm -hmm. talk about the future. Oh man, what are the plans? I mean, it, I mean, just, I mean, I'll be honest. Just meeting you guys, Jane Kita, like I am, you know, and I guess not knowing you, I really didn't know kind of like a little bit what to expect. But mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty amazing. I'm amazing. <laughs> that's what it is, you know. And, and my amazingness is yeah. what. That's it. You know, hey, you didn't know how I, I get it. I understand. I was I understand. coming in the door, but now you know. You I, know I know. I know. <laughs> um, I, I I love it. I love the energy. I love the partnership, you guys. I Thank really you. think that you guys could be an awesome couple for the community, for the business, the restaurants, mm -hmm. everything. Um, what are the plans? I like, talk about. I mean, I, I think you guys have another location in the works, right? Yep, I mean, we have, uh, give, us, give us give everybody a little bit of, uh, a, a taste. What's in store? So we got Lulu's on Central that we're working on right now, and that's actually being built up. That's yeah. uh, where, where's that at? Where, where, 2308 Central Avenue. Okay, right next to Penthouse. Uh, right next to Penthouse. Okay. Where it's at? Yeah. Um, and actually, we partnership. Sure. We partner with them. So what we're actually going to do is, um, you know, because Penthouse doesn't have food. Okay. We're going to put our waitresses in their brewery, mm -hmm. so that if you are patronizing Penthouse. You don't have to leave the building to go gotcha. get your food and everything from Lulu's. We have servers that'll go back and forth and, and, and make sure they're taken care of. So we have that piece working out. Um, <coughs> of course, we have the Hideaway Barn Lounge uh, right now, which is where we are. Uh, at soft opening, we have a, a grand opening coming up very soon for that. Um, and this is a CBD and a Baltimore Ravens sports bar, okay. specifically. Um, if you're a Ravens Pan fan, yeah, I'm a huge Ravens fan. Now, if you're if you're a Panthers fan, I'm not saying you can't come. Sure. Uh, what we're probably going to do, we're going to have a 13 inch TV in the bathroom. You know, one with the knobs. We're going to leave one of them, and you can watch the Panthers all day. We are cool with that. I don't mind. You know. So I'm not saying we don't like the pan. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying this is. And you're not a businessman. We we walk <laughs> We welcome everybody. You know. And so you can come in and sit in the bathroom with your, with the rest of your, you know your, your you know your fans and everything. But no. Nah. <laughs> So mostly here is going to be um, bar food. We have like uh, 10 different types of wings here. We have our brisket quesadillas. We have uh, brisket nachos. We have uh, chili, uh, chili cheese nachos. We have uh, Philly cheese steaks. You know, stuff like that that, uh, that we're going to be kind of showcasing here. Um, this outdoor area is more of the most, most of the vibe that's going to be Hideaway. Because um, of course, it's, we're still doing COVID, but you know, people want to go somewhere where they can sit and relax, and watch a good game, enjoy yep. friends. Yep. Yep. You know, you can have a nice little section, sit back, have some drinks, and enjoy. Love so, um, and we're going to actually add cigars to the yes. to the uh, uh, to the bar here. So there'll be a humidor here. You can come and sit out back and smoke a cigar. Hookah. So kind of, you know, hookah, uh, CBD gummies, CBD smokes, that type. So um, that's what's happening here. Um, we have a couple of other business plans further down the line. Um, because we're still ironing out some of the details on yeah. that. We're we'll, we'll hold on. Hold on we'll to that, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, next gotta, time, next time you're on paper trails, we'll we'll un unveil yes. the, the next set of projects. Man, <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, that'll be. Some of these projects, when you see them, you're gonna be like, man, I, I should have thought of that. 
Let's do that. Are we done? Are we got it? And uh, you know, it's part of my amazingness. You know, that's that's what I do. I think of stuff. I love it. And, <laughs> I love it. I love so. it. No, it's you know what I I love I love it. I love the opportunity. I mean, I guess seeing my family come from another country mm-hmm. and like make a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like my. My dad's sisters wouldn't have gotten married mm-hmm. if it wasn't for my dad and his two brothers building businesses and paying for their yeah. wedding. I mean, it's, I love just people taking ownership mm-hmm. and like, you know what, this is what we're doing, man. We're, yeah. we're, we're carving out our lane. We're making a future for us and our family and our future families. So and I love it. I gotta admit, that's that's one of the one of the, the driving forces. Like for me, right? When, when I came to Charlotte and I saw uh, pretty much what Charlotte had to offer. I called my sister, like, um, not not almost to me, but pretty much immediately, like, hey, you need to come down here. Yeah. This is this is what you're gonna be looking for, and this is why. And even then, I didn't have, I didn't quite have a plan for for where we were going next. Because at the time, I was in bail bonds, and what I was marketing to her was coming into bail bonds. And yeah. I'm like, hey, listen, I'll hire you. We can do this, and we can do that. And then once she got here, bail bonds was booming, and of course, <laughs> she was doing some other things, and then. You know, once we started getting closer to the restaurant actually opening, and actually at the time we didn't have a location, but like I said, she was in the business. She was like, "Bro, we we gotta get this restaurant this thing it, going." Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm already working on location. We just don't know where we're gonna be yet." Here's the here's the weird part. Where we are now, the bar, was one of the locations. But you looked at for Lulu's, and I was given a no. And now we got both of them. Nice. <laughs> so, I'm digging it. But yeah, it's it's. I, I'm I'm very optimistic as to what the next few years will look like. I love uh, it. Inside of Charlotte and outside, we I love plan it. on doing quite a bit of expansion. I love it. So. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Let's do. But before we head out, favorite uh, favorite dish that you love eating at Lulu's? What is it? Cajun salmon. Cajun salmon. Cajun salmon. What's That's side? my favorite. Uh, sides. Well, right now I'm on keto, so I can't really have my sides. Okay. Uh, but I will non non keto. What what is it? Yams and greens or mac and cheese and greens? Love it. Love the mac it. and cheese. I do the crab cake with fried shrimp, mac and cheese and greens. Keto or not, I keep <laughs> She's not on keto. She's only on keto when she eats with me, and sometimes I still question that. So I don't know. What's your favorite? Crab cake and shrimp, mac and cheese and greens. Cheese, greens, mac and cheese and greens. Man, listen, let me tell you something. I, I, I think I ate that for breakfast this morning. I didn't. I didn't have no breakfast. See, Saturday, Saturday, she didn't feed me at all. <laughs> Saturday just happened. Listen, you know, I'm not going to get involved there, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, hey, this was awesome. Thank this you. was so Bye. awesome. Bye. Guys, oh, yeah, if, you, if you have not visited Lulu's, come down here. You got to visit them, follow them on all their platforms. You got to try out their food. Salmon, crab cake. Listen, yes. it's the real deal, right? Oh, yeah. uh, and so I appreciate you guys. Listen, episode four, season two in the books. Uh, if you guys have not followed, subscribe, like, let us know. Who, who do you think we should bring on next? Give us some recommendations, some suggestions, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.